Our New Testament lesson comes from John's Gospel, the 17th chapter. The entire 17th chapter is a prayer of Jesus, the longest prayer we have of our Lord. We're going to read the middle part of it. John 17, beginning with verse 6. Listen now to God's word. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, Jesus prays to God, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled, referring here to Judas. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, And the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. May God bless the reading and the hearing of this portion of his holy word. Let us pray. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the springtime of the year, many years ago, St. Francis of Assisi, a very devout Christian monk, was tending plants and weeding his little garden plot when a young man approached him and asked him this question, what would you do, sir, if you suddenly learned that you were going to die at sunset Today, St. Francis pondered the question for a moment, and then he responded, I would finish hoeing my garden. I think Jesus would have liked that answer. This morning in our scripture, Jesus prays that we might be so confident of the life that we are living for our God that news even of our impending death this evening 
would not change our living at all. Jesus sits down at supper with his disciples for the Last Supper. He washes their feet in chapter 13. For the next five chapters, he teaches them. The 17th chapter is the high priestly prayer of Jesus. His prayer in John 17 is really a confirmation prayer over his disciples that they might follow in the ways of Jesus Christ and live authentic lives of obedient faith and expansive love. Two weeks ago in this sanctuary, Margaret Spires read her faith statement to us in worship. She declared, she's a sixth grader, she declared her desire to follow Jesus Christ. She knelt before the cross in our sanctuary as we, and we prayed a confirmation prayer over her. We did not pray that day that Margaret would be smart and make good grades. We did not pray that she would be beautiful and named homecoming queen. We did not pray that, would be, that she would be so popular that she would be voted most likely to succeed by her high school class. We did not pray that Margaret would be rich. We prayed that Margaret would be like Jesus. And to be like Jesus seems like a very different prayer than all the others. We prayed over Margaret a prayer of confirmation with words like these, out of the treasures of his glory, may God grant you strength and power through his spirit in your inner being, that through faith Christ may dwell in your heart in love. We wanted Margaret to be like Jesus. As Jesus prays for his disciples, he reminds us something that sometimes we just forget. He reminds us that there should be a warning label attached to every confirmation prayer. To be like Jesus in this world is a dangerous thing. The warning should read like something like, if you say yes to Jesus and seek to live as Jesus lived, the world will treat you the same way it treated Jesus, with opposition and with hatred. That's the warning note. Here's how Jesus prays it. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more then I am of the world. And after that warning is attached, that warning of the resistance we're going to get to do such an unpopular thing as to love all people in Jesus Christ, Jesus prays his disciples out into the world to challenge the world's selfish ways. As you sent me into the world, praise Jesus, I have sent them into the world. The confirmation prayer of Jesus this morning is also a commissioning prayer. We're confirmed in that we learn from this Jesus the way of new life. 
and then we are sent into the world to do it. I love when a New Testament word study leads you to look at the root of disciple and apostle. We are all disciples. That means literally we are people who sit at the feet of Jesus and learn his ways. And then after we have been trained as disciples, we go out of these doors as apostles. The root of apostle is to be sent into the world. We are disciples learning and, and we are apostles delivering God's love. The truth of our life is none other than the teachings and the attitudes and the values of Jesus of Nazareth. We don't get our opinions anywhere else. Jesus of Nazareth. And we are confirmed. We are confirmed as we place Christ in our hearts and we're commissioned to take his love into the world. And it is dangerous business. Jesus is praying for us in John 17 because he knows how difficult it will be for us to follow him, to love like him in this broken and selfish world. The world is constantly giving us permission, saying you don't have to do it. You don't have to follow that Jesus. Just take life the way we offer it. That is the evil one. And Jesus prays that we might resist. Jill Duffield continues to be one of our favorite Christians in our country and in our denomination. She's the editor of the Presbyterian Outlook. She has said yes to coming and being with us the last weekend, the last Sunday of September, to be a speaker on the Christian faith. She writes in, on this text in the Outlook this week that grace and mercy... Grace and mercy are hard cells in a world that glorifies greed and celebrates retribution. It is much easier to go with the flow of what the world expects of us and don't make trouble instead of disturbing the status quo by living like Jesus. Jill asked us in her piece a very disturbing question, unsettling question. She says, why do we believers so often capitulate to the world rather than to live the words we have received from our Lord? Jesus told us how to live, but we listen and lean toward the ways of the world. I don't know the answer to that hard question, and I don't know gospel truth completely, but I know some of the gospel truth from sitting where you sit at the feet of Jesus. This is the gospel truth. We do not belong to this world. And we should challenge the things in this world that are not of Jesus. But the world considers business as usual. You could write your own litany of what the world is offering you and Jesus' answer. Mine would go something like this. The world says it is just fine for some people to be very wealthy and others to be desperately poor because that is just the way it is in this world. 
But followers of Jesus remember the poverty of our Lord and seek a more fair distribution of money by sharing what we have as an act of faith. The world says that we should aim to be exclusive because then we can go where others cannot gain entrance. But Jesus always thought inclusive was better than exclusive in describing God's hope for all his children. The world says that some races of people are just better than other races of people. And some races are just deemed inferior and destined to servitude. The world would add to that that segregation is always safer than integration. Jesus never thought that way. He insisted on telling stories about good Samaritans of all people and loving all kinds of people, particularly the outcast and those who had no voice. The world says, salute your country and prefer your country to all the rest. Jesus never said a single patriotic, nationalistic word in his whole life because God's love was never directed at a country. God's love was directed at the whole wide world. The world, it gets weary, folks. I'm sorry my litany is so sad. The world says glorify war and people will cheer you. Jesus rode a donkey, refused violence at every turn, and preached and lived nonviolent peace. We don't belong to the world. We belong to Jesus. And that makes going out these doors a potential danger zone for us all. But Jesus is praying for us. This is about confirmation, Jesus in our hearts. It's about commissioning, going out into the world, and eventually it's going to be about courage. As I was looking for a Bible in my home studying for this sermon, I found one of the pew Bibles I had taken home, and I opened it to this text, and on the way to opening the Bible, I found this light blue bookmark that has the mission statement of St. Simon's Presbyterian Church from at least a decade ago. Trying to put our faith into 22 words or less came out like this. We are a people who celebrate God and follow Jesus Christ and are led by the Holy Spirit in mission, service, and love. That's what Jesus is praying for, and it's going to take Jesus praying for us to get the job done. It's hard to write mission statements. It's much harder to go out into our selfish world and insist on fairness for everyone and love for all God's children. Someone who was helpful translating these rather difficult words of John 17 into more understandable prayer language for me 
was Timothy Slimmons, who teaches at Dubuque Presbyterian Seminary. He said this long chapter could be reduced kind of into a paragraph prayer that would go like this. Thank you, Father, for your word, Jesus Christ, the truth, by whom and in whom we are sanctified, having sent us into the world as you sent him, protect us from the evil one and give us perseverance, give us courage in your mission whenever we face hostility or temptation of any kind. Jesus is praying for us because we need courage to speak up when we know we should speak up as Jesus would. Amal Clooney is an international human rights lawyer. She is a visiting professor at Columbia Law School. She is married to actor George Clooney, and she gave a commencement address on Senior Day at Vanderbilt University Thursday. She shared with the graduating seniors that this is a dangerous time. It's a dangerous time to be a woman. It's a dangerous time to be a journalist, a refugee, an immigrant, a voice speaking up for fairness and equality for all people. It's a dangerous time in which we live. And she wanted those graduating seniors to know it's going to take courage. She told them we need young people with the courage to say that this is our world now and there are going to be some changes. She got everyone's attention in Nashville. According to John 17, what our graduating students need and what we disciples need is courage to change the world. Courage comes from knowing that God has given us a mission of love, that Jesus is praying for us and we have each other as brothers and sisters in Christ to hold hands together. Her words to the students Thursday at Vanderbilt included these. Be courageous. Challenge orthodoxy the way things are. Stand up for what you believe in. And when you're in your rocking chair, she told this to me, so she had me in mind. When you are in your rocking chair, talking to your grandchildren many years from now, be sure you have a good story to tell. The story of your courage in standing up for all people because you know this Jesus. It's good for graduates. It's good for us to hear it. Be courageous. Challenge orthodoxy. Stand up for what you believe. And best of all, Jesus our Lord is praying for us. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. Be of good courage. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Heavenly Father, we are not nearly as brave as we'd like to be. So often in our daily life we see injustices, we see people mistreated, we see a built-in unfairness in the system that sometimes favors us but doesn't favor all but we are quiet. We don't want to cause problems. 
the world has kind of designed our life for us, it's easier just to accept it than stand up for Jesus and stand up for your love and cause a problem. Eternal Father, we thank you that Jesus is praying for us. We thank you that we are confirmed because Jesus lives in our heart and we'd rather be like him than like us. We thank you that we are commissioned. You have given us a job to do in this world. And we thank you that the courage we need will be provided by our God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.